Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry. During his ministry, Witness Lee emphasized the experience of Christ as life and the practical oneness of the believers. He was unbending in his conviction that God's goal is the body of Christ. Through his messages, he stressed the importance for us to grow in life and to function as Christians so that the body can build itself up. We're happy to bring you recorded portions from his ministry today, along with some of our own thoughts. And we welcome your comments and questions. You can reach us toll free at 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Now let's join today's program. Just as there are four different seasons in the year, so there are seasons in our Christian life. This means that at times we will pass through winter as well as through spring and summer. We may not enjoy the winter that much, but any good farmer can tell you, without the reducing and killing of the winter, the growth of the crops will never be complete. Stay with us for today's Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee as we begin the book of Galatians, a book of winter in the experience of a Christian. And joining us as we begin Galatians is Bob Danker. Bob, welcome once again to our broadcast. Matt, it's very good to be back with you. Bob, let's talk a little bit about Galatians. All of the epistles in the New Testament were written against a certain background or a backdrop. And to fully understand these letters, it's helpful to be somewhat familiar with the background. What was the situation that the Apostle Paul faced in writing this book? Yes, Matt. I think in understanding actually any book in the Bible, we need to know two things. One is the background of that book, and the second thing is the subject of the book, what the book is trying to tell us. So I would say that nearly every book in the Bible, including the Old Testament, has a background. And the purpose of God in giving us his word in the scriptures is actually to convey to us his divine revelation. God wants to reveal something to us through his speaking, and he uses the background in order to provide a setting for him to release something very positive. Much of the time in the Bible, the background is not that positive, is not positive at all, in fact, but many of the books of the Old Testament were written with the background of the children of Israel, and sometimes their condition was positive. Much of the time, it was not positive. Mm -hmm. So there was a kind of a black background in the Old Testament, and if you go to the New Testament, it's similar, right? There were problems among the churches that the apostles established. And they wrote their epistles to these churches in a sense to deal with the problem that was going on at the time related to that church. But in doing that, they released a very positive revelation, which God wanted to release. And of course, the whole Bible, we could say, is a revelation of Christ. Christ is the main part of God's revelation. In uh, John chapter 5, you know, the Lord said to the Pharisees, you search the scriptures because in them you think you have eternal life. And it is these that testify concerning me. The Lord said the Scriptures testified concerning him. The Scriptures here must have been the Old Testament, because the New Testament had not yet been written. So even the Old Testament 
testifies concerning Christ or reveals Christ to us, but it does so against a background. And it's very, very wonderful that this wonderful positive revelation of what Christ is to God and to God's people comes out through this kind of background, which is often not positive. Well, it's the same in the New Testament. The Apostle Paul and the other apostles, they wrote their epistles, and even the Gospels were written against a background. John wrote his Gospel because there were heresies, you know, concerning the person of Christ that were going around. And so John made it very, very clear, the deity and the divinity of the man Jesus, you know, in his Gospel of John. And then in his epistles, he was doing the same thing. So Christ is revealed against this kind of background. When we come to the book of Galatians, again, we have a background. And what is the background of Galatians? Well, certain what Paul called false brothers, false brothers. They were uh, Judaizers, we call them. They were adherents and zealous for the Jewish religion. They were coming among the Galatian believers. Now, the Galatians were Gentiles, not Jews. They were trying to bring the Galatians under the law of Moses. And so Paul is struggling in this book to prevent this from happening because, as we will see later, he says that if you go back to the law and you try to be justified out of the law and you be circumcised according to the law, then Christ will become no prophet at all to you. You will lose Christ. You'll be cut off from Christ. So you see this is a very serious situation. In order for us to have the church in the New Testament, we must have Christ and the proper experience of Christ. But there are many things that come in to distract us. And in the book of Galatians, it is Judaism with the foundation of Judaism, which is the law of Moses. That's a really helpful opening word, Bob. I appreciate it. Let's join Witness Lee with our first life study message from the book of Galatians. These four books, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians are the heart of God's revelation. These four books forming a cluster are the heart of the divine revelation. By this you can see the importance of these four books. We need a clear view of the body and the head. After seeing the body and the head, we need to come back to see Christ and to get into the experience of Christ. And Christ is in Galatians. And the experience of Christ is in Philippians. I tell you, Galatians, this book is a winter book. We know winter helps all kinds of lives to get prepared to have a new start. Without winter, the next spring, no life could grow so well. It is always after reducing by the winter, then all lives will be ready to grow well in the new beginning of the year. That is the spring. So, get yourself prepared to be reduced. We all need to be reduced. Those natural things, worldly things, need to be reduced even 
our spiritual experiences, the things which we have just experienced in these past years, anything, regardless how spiritual, how scriptural, how high, how good it is, as soon as it is not Christ Himself, directly Christ Himself, it should not remain in your Christian life. Anything other than Him, in the most spiritual experience, it has to be reduced. This is God's ordination. Bob, let's talk about the analogy to the seasons of the year that Witness Lee just made and that we mentioned in our opening word today. What does it mean that Galatians is a wintertime book and that if we want to grow in Christ, we first must be reduced? This is a marvelous thought, Matt. You know, if you consider nature, you know, God created the earth with many living things, many, many kinds of living things. And in order for these living things to grow properly, God ordained that there would be seasons. It's quite remarkable. One of these seasons is winter. What happens in the winter? Winter is a time of low temperatures, and the organic processes in the plants slow down. Everything slows down, and growth basically stops. This is the winter. And the leaves fall off the trees. And, you know, those who grow grapes, you know, they go out and they trim the vine way back. The vine has very long branches through the harvest, but they go and trim the vines way back, you know, so it it looks like there's almost nothing left but the main part of the vine. But this is all part of reducing, you know, that those long shoots of the vine that come out, they have to be cut off. If they don't cut off, then in the spring, you won't have the proper growth and the activity of the life of the vine, and the fruit will not be what you want. So God ordains the seasons of the year for one thing, that is for growth of life. God is a God of life, and he knows how this life can grow, and it needs four seasons. Well, we, the believers in Christ, we have Christ in us as the seed of life. He is life in us. And God's purpose and desire is that this Christ will grow in us. We will grow in the life of Christ, you know, steadily from the day we have received the Lord until the Lord comes back. He wants this life to grow. So God ordains, even in our spiritual life, seasons. And one of those seasons is winter. Uh, winter time, of course, is a time of reducing, taking away certain things so that a new season of growth might take place. In our Christian life, the only thing that should be permanent with us is Christ himself. So God uses the winter time in our spiritual experience to reduce us, to remove those things, even the scriptural things, even the spiritual things that are in our life that should not be permanent but need to be removed so that Christ can occupy more ground in us and be the permanent thing in our being. That's helpful, Bob. In this portion just ahead, we're going to look at some of the phrases that somewhat tag Galatians as a book of the wintertime. They're very insightful. Let's join Witness Lee once again. Paul was not playing politics. In his writing, clear writing, he called these good others false brothers. 
those Galatian believers were bewitched by these false brothers, being brought not from Christ. This is a quotation from Paul's words. This is a big word. This is a big expression. Brought to not. And that means what? That means you are brought to nothing. You are brought to nothing. From where? From what? From Christ. We have to realize God's salvation has brought us into Christ. Making Christ every profit to us. Right? In God's redemption and salvation, God has put us into his sin, making his sin everything to us. Christ is every kind of prophet to us. But the Judaizers, they distracted the Galatian believers from Christ back to law. And the Galatian believers, by doing this, by going back to law from Christ, they made themselves nothing. Number two, fallen from grace. To be distracted from Christ is to be fallen from grace. This profitable Christ is just grace to us. So when we will be severed from him, this means we will be fallen from him, fallen from grace. Number three, to be justified by law. We can only be justified by God by believing in the Lord Jesus. But the Galatian believers were bewitched to go back, to keep the law, trying their best to please God, to get themselves justified by their own works. This is devilish. Number four, to practice circumcision. The crucifixion of Christ on the cross was a fulfillment of the circumcision. As circumcision was fulfilled, we have the reality, we don't need the shadow. But the Judaizers brought the Galatian believers back to that shadow. Back from the reality to a shadow. This is foolish. This is stupid. Now, number five, to be perfected by the flesh. Isn't this stupid? <laughs> foolish Galatians. Yeah. How foolish you are, right? To get yourself perfected by your own effort, by your flesh. Your flesh has nothing. Go within it. Bob, we've mentioned now that Galatians is a book of winter. And it does contain some foreboding, even harsh phrases. We find that we can be severed from Christ or fall from grace or to have Christ become of no effect. What do these warnings refer to? Is this just another way of warning us as Christians, as believers, not to fall into sin? Well, I think here we can see that Paul's intention in this book is to keep the believers in Galatia in Christ, because in God's salvation, we have been brought into Christ, and Christ has become everything to us. He is a total prophet to us. All the benefits in God's salvation are just in Christ himself. Amen. So if we are distracted from Christ, 
and we are moved out of Christ and into anything else, then we are deprived from all the profit and the benefit that we have in Christ. And here, of course, the Judaizers, the zealous ones for the Jewish religion, were trying to bring the Galatians back to the law, away from Christ. And as long as we try to keep the law by our own efforts, Christ becomes no profit at all to us. The way for us to keep the law is to enjoy Christ as our life and to live him out. If we live Christ, we will spontaneously live a life that expresses God and keeps God's law. But God has no desire for us to try to keep the law in and ourselves and out from our own effort. So if we go back to the law, and here we have the law was the foundation of the Jewish religion. So Jewish religion had the practice of circumcision in it, right? So Paul said, if you would be circumcised, you lose all profit from Christ, because circumcision in the Old Testament was just a type, a picture. The real circumcision is the cross of Christ, which accomplishes the work of cutting off the flesh, So we need to experience Christ with his cross. Otherwise, we cannot have the real experience of circumcision. So we lose all benefit from Christ. And here it says also that we fall from grace. God wants us to enjoy grace. And what is grace? Grace is Christ. So Christ is grace to us. If we go back to the law, if we go back to the religion of the law and try to keep the traditions and keep the commandments and statutes and ordinances of the law, then we fall from this grace. We are deprived of Christ as our life and our life supply. So this is a very serious thing. And Paul used very strong words to describe what the outcome would be if the Galatians allowed themselves to be carried away from Christ back to the law. Thanks, Bob. Well, we're going to go back now to that comparison between the problem of sin and the problem of religion that it can become even in light of the cross. And that's our final section today. Let's go back to Witness Lee. Now, we come to the subject. The subject is based upon the background. The background was the distraction from Christ back to the law, back to the old Jewish religion. Now, the subject is what? Is to rescue the distracted believers out of the evil present age. For years, for years, I have been reading Galatians 1 4. I love that verse. And I use that verse to give messages. But I never saw that the present evil age refers to what? Jewish religion. When this book was written, I tell you, there was an age which the Apostle Paul called the present evil age. When Paul was there, Paul was living in an age. Judaism was prevailing. Judaism was so prevailing, not only able to preserve all the Jews, but also to proselyte the Gentiles into their Judaism. That was, in Paul's word, the present evil age. Paul wrote this epistle with the intention to rescue the distracted believers out of 
the what? Tyranny of that present evil dualistic religious age. For this purpose, to rescue the believers out of the evil present age, for this purpose, Christ have given himself for our sins. Probably not many among the saints who realized that Christ died on the cross for our sins was also for the purpose to rescue us out of duties. For this purpose, you have to read John chapter 10. You know, John chapter 10 tells us Christ as the good shepherd came into the fold. You have to realize the fold there was just the Judaism, the Jewish religion. Jewish religion was a fold. In the Old Testament, God used that fold to keep his sheep. But the shepherd now came to release the sheep out of that fold to the pasture to feed them with all the riches of Christ. Christ came to release the sheep out of that fold, but I tell you, the Judas crucified the shepherd to the cross. And he died there. He died there not only for the sins of the sheep, but also for the purpose to rescue the sheep out of that fold. Christ gave himself for our sins with many purposes, right? In Ephesians chapter 2, we have seen he gave himself for the purpose to what? To abolish the ordinances for the formation or for the creating of the new man. But now here in Galatians 1, we are told that Christ gave himself for our sins for such a purpose. A purpose to rescue us out of the evil religion. Well, Bob, I thought this was a very striking point today in this last portion. That is that Christ's death on the cross was not only for the sins of the sheep, but also to bring the sheep out of the fold of religion. This is probably strange talk, Bob, for many of our listeners, and I wonder if you could point out what is this referring to? Matt, of course, I think all of us realize that we have a big problem with our sins, right? And that we need Christ to die for our sins so that he can take away our sins and our sins can be removed from us. This is certainly a very basic reason for the death of Christ. But the New Testament reveals that the death of Christ accomplished a number of things in addition to taking away our sins. As Witness Lee mentioned, it accomplished the abolishing of all the Jewish ordinances, the ordinances of the Old Testament law, so that the Jews and the Gentiles could be created together in Christ into one new man. This is one of the purposes of Christ giving himself for our sins. Also, another purpose in Hebrews chapter 2, it says that through his death, Christ destroyed the devil, the one who has the power of death. So here's another reason that the Lord gave himself 
for our sins. But in Galatians, it's not a matter of merely taking away our sins or solving the problem of sin. It's a matter of rescuing us or plucking us out of the present evil religious age. So the age at that time where Paul wrote the book of Galatians must have been the age of the Jewish religion because the entire book is with this background, right, of Paul writing and almost pleading with the Galatian believers not to go back to the law. This was the problem here. The Jewish religionists were attempting to bring the Galatian believers back to the law. But here Paul states that Christ gave himself for our sins so that he might rescue us out of the present evil age. And that present evil age was not the age of the world with all the worldly Uh, amusements and entertainments. No, but in the book of Galatians, it's very clear the present evil age is the age in which Judaism was very prevailing. So Judaism is the aspect of the present evil age that the Galatians needed to be rescued from. And Paul was writing this book, doing his best to help the Galatians to stay away from that distraction, the Jewish religion. And the Jewish religion, he called this a present evil age. This is a very strong word, right? The evil age. So why was the Jewish religion evil? It's because if the Galatians had gone back to Judaism, they would have lost all the profit from Christ, and they would have been robbed or cheated from the enjoyment of Christ and from the church life that comes out of the enjoyment of Christ. So God's purpose in the New Testament is to build up the church. But to build up the church, the believers must enjoy Christ. They must experience Christ as their life, and they must live Christ. Actually, the church life is just Christ living in all the believers. So if we go back to the law and try to perfect ourselves by striving in our own energy to keep the law, then we miss the entire purpose of God and God's purpose to build up the church is absolutely frustrated and even stopped. So this is a very serious matter. This is why I think Paul referred to this as the evil age. Indeed, it is evil. Bob, I'm really anticipating the programs that we have ahead in this book of Galatians, kind of a wintertime introduction today. And we all, as you have alluded to, have experienced wintertime in our Christian experience. And in a sense, this is a kind of a wintertime book. But there's a lot of liberation that he's embedded in these coming passages and chapters and marvelous verses in Galatians and the interpretation and the ministry that's associated in our life study messages will be a real marvelous benefit, I think, to all of our listeners. Thanks for being part of our opening program and come back again very soon. I look forward, Matt, to the next time. And we also ask you to please join us again for our second program on the book of Galatians as we'll continue on. I'd like to once again thank Bob Danker. I'm Matt Miller. Thank you for listening. This program is brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, publisher of the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. To find out more, we invite you to visit our website, lsm.org. There you'll find more than 600 titles from both authors available online. 
You can also listen to recordings of Witness Lee's spoken messages and see the full array of material that Living Stream has to offer. Again, that's lsm.org. Thanks for listening today.